Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Hawaii Abroad Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Auntie Max, and today is Aloha Friday. It's the day of the week where you can sit back, relax, and listen as I interview former residents of Hawaii as they share their journey of relocating elsewhere and living abroad. In this episode, I'm talking story with a brave Kanaka Wahine now living abroad. I'm going to let her introduce herself and share how she became a resident of Gilbert, Arizona. So let's get right into the interview and hear what she has to share. Hui, aloha, Michelle. Thank you for joining me today. Mahalo for having me today. So today I'm talking to Michelle Ehu Kekueva Trejo. Did I get that right? Trejo. Trejo, I'm sorry, Trejo, yes. Okay, well, um, Michelle, uh, well, what would you like me to, to call you? Michelle, Ehu, up to you. Well, I mean, everybody, a lot of people call me Michelle, but really family and how I grew up was with Ehu, so you family, right, already, so just call me Ehu. Oh, mahalo, mahalo, noe. Mahalo, Ehu. Okay. Well, Ehu, um, before I get into my questions, why don't you introduce yourself, share a little bit about yourself, let us know where you're originally from, where you live now, and a little bit about, or as much as you want, about your journey and relocating away from Hawaii. Okay. Um, Well, as you said, my name is Michelle Ehu. Kekueva is my maiden name, and my married name is Trejo. I am born and bred in Kaneohe uh, on Oahu. And let's see, I live in Arizona now, Gilbert, Arizona. And I came here in 2000. And it's actually a really funny story how I came to be here. So uh, I, uh, I was married uh, before to uh, my, my first husband and uh, he's from Kaneohe as well. And uh, his sister was getting married to somebody from here. So he came to the wedding and then came home. <laughs> and this is literally the conversation. I'm not lying. It's word for word. This is how this went. Hey babe, we should move to Arizona. The milk is only 99 cents. So then my response was, shoot, <laughs> that is, right? That's literally, that's literally my, re- that was my response. Um, so we had uh, a four-year-old and a, a newborn, oh, yeah, a newborn. By the time we moved, he was three months old and uh we actually found somebody in the military who was selling their move. So we bought their move from them because they had gotten out of the service, but they still had a move through the military. And so we bought that from them, not hardly any money. I mean, it really wasn't a lot. And then uh, we came up here to Arizona, no job, no car, no nothing, no money. <laughs> and we're just determined to have a better life. We just had it in our mind that 
there was a better way to live. I mean, even way back then in 2000, we could tell that we just weren't gonna be able to buy an affordable home. Um, and most of all, we were not educated at the time. And we knew that we would never be able to go to school if we decided to and work. And we knew we'd never be able to afford to put our children through college. And so, or our, our children wouldn't have opportunities to go to college because we could see the writing on the wall that early on that the cost of living was just too high already at that time in 2000. So packed up and we moved up here and began our life up here. Wow. So it does sound like it was more about the economy in Hawaii. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was about the economy. It was about providing something better for our kids. And, and not to say Hawaii isn't better. That isn't what our focus was. Our focus, you know, we came from two parents that my mom was a single mom and his dad um, is a highly educated uh, Samoan man. And he, but he was self-made. And so my mom was like, no matter what you do, you know, you gotta get an education. And the same thing from, from his dad, right? So we, um, we kind of had it in our mind, like maybe that is something we should look at into. And most of all, we wanted that for our kids and we just didn't see too much of an option for them there at, at, that, at that time. Yeah, that's so unfortunate. That's so unfortunate. I understand what, exactly what you're saying. First of all, you said you're from Kanyoi and I'm from Kanyoi. So that's probably you, why oh. I'm thinking that somehow this lady looks familiar. <laughs> you probably see me walking the streets of Keaahala Road. Probably. That's probably <laughs> it. Yes, yes. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep, the mango man. Is that what? You, yes. So I'm pretty much every day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when you talk about the opportunities for um, for us and for our children, that's really, really important. So um, I was wondering if you can share with us, maybe compare some of those opportunities that you guys was able to, well, yeah. to achieve there in Arizona compared to Hawaii. Well, First of all, um, my, my then husband and me at the time, we both went to school and he worked at the same time. We wouldn't have been able to do that in Hawaii and have been able to afford you know, anything. Um, I, I fortunately, because I'm Native Hawaiian um, and, and, a, and a graduate of Kamehameha Schools, I was able to um, receive uh, scholarship and financial aid from them to that really at the time I was grandfathered in they changed things where you had to be like mid midway through my my schooling they changed it where you had to be um, a resident of Hawaii at the at that time but I was grandfathered in midway so I could continue them they were continued paying for for my education um, and so I, I had, I had that, which is, I mean, I'm so grateful to uh, actually to 
Auntie Bernice, Princess Palahi, because she not only provided me my education at Kamehameha, but she also provided me my, um, you know, my collegiate education. And so we both went to school. Um, we could raise a family. Uh, you know, we raised our children in uh, an environment that was sad. I mean, they could see the sacrifices that we were making for education and the value of education. I mean, they could, they could literally see the change in our um, lifestyle as a result of the education, right? So we were able to have primary incomes that support our home, buy a home, um, provide for our children, and they could see those things as well. And I think those things are not impossible in Hawaii, but they're more difficult to attain. I, I often think of that, like, how would they do that? How would anybody do what we did back in Hawaii? We had, you know, three kids, you want to provide them a, a fairly good life. I mean, not to say while we were in school, I mean, we were, we were eating chicken leg quarters, I think, for the whole time. And I, till this day, I cannot eat a chicken leg quarter. I can eat, I can eat show you chicken. I can eat my chicken thighs. I can have deep bone thigh meat, but you cannot put a whole, a whole chicken leg in front of me or else I, I have like dry heaves because I'm like, Ugh, I don't ever want to see another chicken leg quarter for the rest of my life. But I don't, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have been able to have that opportunity if we were still in Hawaii. I agree with you. It's so expensive. And yeah, 99 cents for milk. Yeah. <laughs> In Arizona, my goodness, ninety-nine cents for milk, ninety-nine cents a gallon of gas. Oh my god! And how? Well, that was back in two thousand, right? So how is it? Two thousand. Oh, we're at five seventy a gallon. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty much everybody all around has has gone up. Oh yeah. How about the milk? Uh, two sixty-nine a gallon. That's still great in Hawaii. You're yeah. lucky if you got six dollars as discount <laughs> a gallon. That's terrible. How do you guys live there? I don't. I mean, how literally do do people live? I'm actually moving my mom up here in October because she's going to be ninety in December, and I cannot take it. I don't want her there. I don't want her to worry about nothing. I don't. I don't want nothing so I just told her just come up here mom don't worry we have Korean soap operas here okay like you can you can watch your k-drama and we have you know I get you all your food up here too mom don't worry and you just live your life out here mom I don't want you over there worrying about anything yes yes exactly well I'm so happy that you was able to still get your scholarship um, while going to school, being abroad, and because I know of some people, in fact, when I first started this project, when I was just talking, sorry with people, they had children, after, you know, they moved away, and they had children, they're trying to put them through college, but they didn't qualify for any of those, let me see, Hawaiian um, agencies that have those scholarships that is available to the residents in Hawaii. So when you move, a lot of it you, you're not qualified for. And that's just very unfortunate. I think because of the way economy is and our people have to leave, 
why do they have to relinquish those benefits also? It is, it's almost like, it's almost like a punishment for trying to find a better life. I hate to say that because that sounds so victim-y, but I, I have always been very passionate about this subject actually is because um, I, I, do, I, I don't think that that, that, that is, is right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a born and bred local girl. I'm a native Hawaiian. Obviously I went to Kamehameha schools. I, I mean, I born and raised Kaneohe, you know what I mean? Like it, it's unfortunate that that happened. And to be honest, my daughter is in her last year of nursing school and she has to take loans. Um, she got some Pell grants obviously, but I, I'm, I was, I was sickened that she could not have any benefit of Native Hawaiian scholarships when there are tons and there are tons that do not get used. That, that makes me even more disappointed and, and, and can see the broken system that's there. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I don't like that at all. I have my oldest son is is just getting discharged from the military soon. So he's gonna have his GI bill and he can use that. But I'm just thinking, okay, wait. And I have a middle child who's who's um, gonna be going back to school and and uh, eventually here. And, and he, I mean, I'm hoping that at some point in time, these scholarships open up. I, I do believe Kamehameha does have some for, um, uh, people who live in the mainland, but it, it's very far and few in between. And I do get it that they want to help support and keep the, the local people there and give them what they need because, I mean, cost of living is so high there. But there are so many unused scholarships. And I just think, you know, why can't all of the um, Kanaka Maoli be able to, to use that? I, you know, we should be all, we should all be able to partake of that. I think they, many times people overlook the fact that a lot of times when you leave the state and you're in these other states, you're even more visible to people. We're not, we're certainly not invisible out here. We're visible. And I think, gosh, how impactful would that be? If we had educated Kanaka out here in the mainland, you know, finding their way, having primary income um, careers, things that could not be done back home in Hawaii, providing for their families, setting examples for, for their families on, on gaining higher education, um, in gaining all of, you know, different types of, of jobs and trades. And I mean, things are, there are endless possibilities when you do leave Hawaii. And that doesn't mean that you aren't gonna give back to Hawaii because you're doing that every time you elevate yourself as a native Hawaiian and showcase that, you know, cause our culture is so unique. And to me, just everything that couple that with education and you're just an unstoppable force. Totally agree. You know, you hit the nail right 
right on ahead. When it comes to education, I mean, when we even look back in history, look at our monarchs, they left to go and get educated. They went on the ships, went afar to get educated. You get the, our people educated, then when they come back, they bring that benefit back to Hawaii. Yeah? And we can't tell whether they're gonna come back or not, but why not support them while they're away? Why not? You know, I know. So. You know, um, I used to I used to have a friend in high school. His I'll never I, I always remember his name because it's after a um Ali, but his name is Jonah Kuhio Kalaniana Ole Kaubai. So Jonah and I were in American law together and in high school. And I don't know how we got on the subject, but we're in high school, we're 16 years old. We were talking about how laws don't get passed that benefit the native Hawaiian. And both of us were like of this mindset, you know, that's because we need to get educated and get into office. Then we're in the position to change the laws and, and advocate for the Hawaiian people. Until we do that, we're never gonna be able to, to advocate. And that's in anything, right? That's, that's one aspect politics but that could be in any large career if you want um change to happen in the healthcare industry for native hawaiians you have to become a doctor a nurse something of that nature um you know anything education uh whatever the trade or or you know degree would be we have to go in there and we have to represent but we're never going to represent if we don't become educated you're so right you're so right so why don't we support our people to yes. get educated right yes yes right. yes i you know i, I sometimes i in college in my senior year i wrote a paper for um i was I, I, my minor is in asia pacific american studies so i remember i wrote this paper go uh entitled not just a hula dancer that is what the and it was a it was a paper about how as native hawaiians were always and and polynesians as well but native but i was speaking to my culture native hawaiians is we're always looked at on an entertainment factor so there's either your you know in the hula for a female and then football player for the man or a musician or we make really good food and while all of those things are accurate there is so much, there is a whole other side to who we are. Um, and, and, and really it shouldn't be pigeonholed to just this piece. I mean, if we look at our ancestors, what did they do? They were navigators of the stars until this day, hold the reigning crown of, of um, you know, navigation. And so really that, that kind of says a lot about about just our background, our heritage and all of that. We were master agriculturalists, mm -hmm. you know, things of that nature. And so really we're not just musicians. We're not just football players and we certainly aren't just hula dancers. However, all those are crafts, they're art. They are to be respected and adored, but at the same time, there's a whole other side that can be cultivated and I think it's just kind of a missing piece. But I've seen, though, massive amounts of um, 
of growth in this over the last 20 years. I mean, really, the resurgence of the Hawaiian language, the Hawaiian culture, all of the immersion schools that were created. I mean, like, really, our this generation now is probably the most educated we've ever they've ever been in our race. It seems like just I'm. It's so delightful to to see, and I just hope it continues. But there has to be an awakening that happens that there are other Native Hawaiians just all over this country and we need to support all. Totally agree, yep, yep. I know education is very important. I mean, we are people that are very courageous, just like our navigators, you know, you got, you're very brave and able to take on those kind of challenges and we move a lot to get educated, so yeah. Let's support our people. But um, so I want to read the record a little bit and just question, ask you um, when it comes to culture, um, is being, being away from home, from Hawaii, um, how is your culture practices? Are you able to do any type of practices or you know share our values or anything when it comes to our culture living in Arizona? I think I raised my, my children with Hawaiian cultural values. Um, I know I think some of it gets lost along the way. I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie, I'm just gonna be honest uh, because you're not saturated in it like in Hawaii. I think there's always been a longing amongst my children, particularly, you know, say we watching um, Mary Monarca uh, every year. And I think, you know, for them, they're just like, oh, I wish we could be there. We wish we could see that all this. You know, where it's, where it's everywhere in Hawaii, it's a part of life. My daughter always wished she could be in, in a halal in Hawaii and learn that. And, um, but as far as like, let's say uh, the Hawaiian values in the home, like um, the values of taking care of your, um, your kupuna, sharing your aloha at all times. But my children, I believe I was able to instill that um, with them. They all have extensive Hawaiian names um, that are very like, very sacred uh, in our family and to them. I've raised them with the general concepts, but as far as being, you know, not there, it's hard. And I think if anything, like that's like the hardest part, right? Um, not being in the culture. I hate, I hate that they can't be around my Auntie Helene all the time, um, who is always, always passing down her mana'o um, to me and just having those long, you know, those long dining room chats with your kupuna, yeah? Um, having the music around all the time, having the dance around all the time and just seeing the difference. And you know, they can see the difference. Um, my stepson had his graduation party a couple weeks ago over here. And um, you know, I mean, everybody knows they gotta take off their shoes huh, when they come in my house. So it's 125 people up in my house with no shoes on. So I hope I hope it's automatic. Automatic. Take off those slippers <laughs> or shoes. Or shoes or whatever. Anyways, what there was a, a friend of ours that came. She's from Hawaii. And my 
my son noticed immediately. See what she did, huh? If she comes in the kitchen, how can I help? What can I do? Uh, here, let me let me do this. Let me take this. And what can I do? It just, just that's how it is in in Hawaii. It's always what can I do for you? How can I do for you? Not what can I have? And and not any any diss on any culture up here because I I came up here with a little bit of a sour attitude about haole, right? I mean, I'm born and raised in Hawaii. Man, you know what? Get plenty holly with plenty aloha spirit, if anything I learned. Uh, and it's just different culture. It's just a different style, but it's it's inbred in us. It's there, yeah? Like we're gonna give the shirt off our back. Like we would never eat in front of somebody and not offer our food. And, you know, we're gonna let somebody go in, in the line in front of us for if we're in a car and there's traffic and yeah, yeah, go, you know. And I miss that. That's what I miss. I miss the easiness of people. I miss that the simplicity of my people there, the the welcoming aloha. I love you know what I love the most, man, is like nobody complains. It, it doesn't matter what's going on too. They just, I love that about my culture. They're just happy. They're just happy. They don't complain. And if they complain, it's like joking, it's like in a joke form. So everybody's laughing at the same time. It's just, it's an easiness that you can't find anywhere else. And I think that's the aloha spirit that everybody's talking about when they go back, yeah? You can feel it. And, and it's part of me. And I'm very, very proud of that. And so I've, I've been able to capture that for the most part with my family as much as possible. Um, but other than that, it's really, it's hard. Yeah, I hear you. My Kaya, yeah, you, it sounds like you guys have that aloha. It's it's embedded in all of us and all of us. But yeah, being away from Hawaii, it is it is challenging to help. I mean, to continue to perpetuate things. But as long as you do it with that aloha, it'll all fall in place, you know, it'll fall in place. And I think that's kind of what I was hoping to do with using this podcast as a voice and a platform to share those stories of people when they're away and maybe there is people close by you that you guys can connect with yeah and start some kind of hui to help perpetuate these, our culture because it's, it's very important and it's unfortunate that our our people have to leave especially when it comes to economy but we still want to support them yeah out there yeah. yeah, we have a really, a really big Hawaiian community here. Um, we have this huge Aloha Festival that just started back again before the pandemic. Ooh, there's like 250,000 in attendance. I mean, it, it was, yeah, it's over a course of two days. So over a course of two days, they had that recorded. Um, but I mean, it's been going on for years, right? And it's, it's a big, huge deal. Actually, there's a girl in my neighborhood who's from Waimanalo who has a halal, um, full-blown. I mean, she's a kumu. And um, I love that. I mean, she's all about it. She's everything authentic, you know, um, the, the real deal. 
and so there's there's a few others that are authentic kumu here and and um a few of my you know Kamehameha graduates live here and I think it's a very rich uh Hawaiian community um but I'm not quite sure it's as pulled together as a unit as as it could be but you know when you come mainland it's like more spread out yeah everything yeah yeah so it's not like centralized like Hawaii where everything it's such a small island it's so close yeah but out here everything's so spread out but um yeah it I mean they're very much here uh and it I just think that there's opportunities there really are a lot of opportunities for for Kanaka to to come together and help one another fabulous it's wonderful wonderful could you share with us some of your maybe fond memories from back home in Hawaii I'm sure you got a lot oh gosh oh my gosh well of course I mean like what do all of us talk about when we move away the The food (laughs) the food food. (laughs) yeah I mean you can't whenever it's late at night I always think ah I wish there was zippies like I was just back home. I could just go zippies and eat something. Um, so it's always the food, right? Like poke, like fresh fish, yeah. And poke, poke. Like how poke is supposed to be made, poke. Right. And your you know, my poi. And oh, chili, chili pepper water. And, you know, just, I don't know, just stuff from back home. Like pork cash, manapu. I mean, just, you know, regular food, right? So I have, you know, I have Manapua man talking to my friends about the Manapua man, you know. Um, and then next would be beach. Uh, you don't realize how great the beach is there to go to a beach in California. <laughs> which is, which is my only, I mean, my only options, right? So I love going to San Diego and stuff like that, but it's so cold, right? The water has plenty of seaweed inside too. And so you don't really realize what you have until you leave and the beach i mean the beach in hawaii i i came up here everybody goes camping in the mountains and i'm like i'm used to camping on a beach at the beach right and the food tastes better at the beach sleeping tastes better i mean sleeping is better at the beach everything's better at the beach so that the beach and then the culture everything cultural from back home doesn't matter what it is i love live music I love, I miss going to like Waikiki and be able to see live music. I miss the flowers, the lei, that you can go buy lei in Chinatown um, anytime you need one. I I miss uh, hula. I, I miss all of that, the music. I mean, you can, you can hear all the music on, um, you can stream live, right? But it's just different when you're back at home. I think all of that, I hate being disconnected from, this is going to sound so, uh, we have so many stereotypes, but I hate being disconnected from Kamehameha. I do. I hate that. You, you know, you cannot go, um, sometimes I cannot go uh, alumni week because I'm here and not there and I have commitments here. And There's a lot, that kind of stuff that, you know, I miss. I miss like my mom, of course she's gonna be coming up here, but I miss talking story with all the all the people there. Like just talking story. Yeah. Well, 
I thank you so much for spending time with me and sharing your journey and sharing all kinds of stories about what you're going through. But before we end, I was wondering if you have any message that you want to share with our audience, especially our Kanaka, those that is maybe contemplating moving away from home or even did move away from home or anything that you want to share. Do you have a message you want to share? Uh, first of all, I guess, you know what is that? Don't, don't ever shortchange yourself or think that you can't do something. Like you just get out there and, and just really like, just do it. Like you can absolutely succeed and provide a, like a wonderful life for yourself and, and don't limit, don't limit yourself. I think I think, you know, growing up, everybody always asks, like, what school you went, right? But, you know, you come in and nobody says that. They ask what college you went. And I, just, yeah. I, I think that we've always been kind of conditioned, like, oh, it's okay that you just, you know, have, you just accept whatever in, lot is in your life. But you know what? You can do anything you want in this life. It's totally, it's totally up to you. And I think that if you look at who we are as a people, how positive we are, what a light we bring and the light that we share coupled with just our, our, our kupuna, our ancestors and where we come from in that way. I mean, my goodness, the it's limitless, our, our opportunities and our options if we just look for them and reach out for them and, and just keep trying. And if anything, remember failure, when you fail, don't be afraid to fail because failure means that you tried. And also there's so much lessons in, in, in that, that it isn't a failure. It's just a stepping stone and just to keep going. And I mean, you're gonna do it, you're gonna make it. And it's sky's the limit, really. What a wonderful message. Thank you so much, Ehu, for sharing that. And I do want to say that I can I can already feel that you do have that light and you are sharing that aloha spirit. And thank you for being a great representative of Hawaii while you're living away from Hawaii. So thank mm -hmm. you. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. And I wish you and your family all the best as you continue living away. And, you know, just continue living with that aloha thank you so much for spending time with us mahalo 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 to you maxine and continue in these efforts i i i really just my hat off to you for doing that and telling these stories and just just keep going and 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 let everybody hear about those who who have tried have gone on to forge on and and take the aloha spirit and take the culture and spread it all over because i know we're all over the world yes we are we are and this world could use as much aloha as they can get right absolutely <laughs> yes yes mahalo thank you again mahalo well i hope you enjoyed that interview i know i did she's so akamai 
I love hearing stories of Kanakas pursuing opportunities and succeeding in society. All I got to say is holo moa. Keep moving forward and continue doing what you're doing. My kailoa ehu. All right, gang, it's time to hele. Let's go and have a my kai day. But before you leave, make sure you rate this podcast and subscribe to the show so you can get early notifications when new episodes are being released. Remember, I have episodes released twice a week. So tune in for Hawaiian culture lessons on Manao Monday and personal interviews of former Hawaii residents on Aloha Fridays. All right, everyone. Have a great weekend. This is Auntie Max signing off. Aloha.